Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. Well, before we start talking all things tea, I do want to acknowledge the fact that the holidays have officially begun. I hope all of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I love the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm a pretty grateful person most of the year anyway, but Thanksgiving is just so cool because you get this chance to extend that gratitude to the people around you, your friends, your family, and the people who surround you. It's wonderful. I really enjoy Thanksgiving. And I have a lot to be thankful for, for sure. I have a funny story. So right before Thanksgiving, I got to teach tea to my oldest son's fourth grade class. They were doing colonial days and they wanted to have a tea time there to show kind of what the colonists like to do, which was a formal tea because tea was a big part of colonial life. We had that conversation not that long ago when we talked about the Boston Tea Party. I think it's cute too that three weeks prior, I was teaching tea to executives and coffee and tea professionals from around the country at a really high level in Seattle. So to go from teaching in Seattle to teaching little fourth graders about tea. What a great life to be able to do both and find joy in both. And in all of it, we get to have our weekly discussions, which I so appreciate you listening to. So I'm thankful for all of you as well. This week, we are finishing up our series on black tea. And we are going to get into the history of black tea, how it was discovered and where it came from, and really... Black tea has an interesting story different than the others because most of the other types of tea that we have talked about have all originated in China, and their histories are pretty contained therein. But black tea also has a history outside of China, and we're going to cover that as well. And in our question of the week, I get into teas and fleas, so you'll want to stay for that. The history and the discovery of black tea does indeed begin in China, Sort of. The Chinese have two sort of competing stories as to how black tea got discovered. And one is sort of, it's not a boring story, but it's kind of just a simple story. You remember we talked about several shows ago how the Chinese used to have all of their tea in compressed green tea cakes. And those cakes became very, very valuable to the point where they were used in trading as currency. And you can imagine what would happen to your currency standards if you could actually grow the currency you wanted to use around the country. And so in 1392, that was banned. Now thereafter, the tea production in China really was hit hard, and there was a great deal of problems. But from that, some loose-leaf tea techniques did emerge and became quite famous. So the story goes that uh, in the region of Wuyishan, which is in northern Fujian province in China, they were trying to duplicate a version of pan-fired green tea that was coming from a different region, but that was getting a lot of accolades. And in the process of trying to dupe that tea, they just couldn't get the oxidation process stopped. You know, we talked about black tea being fully oxidized. And so they were unable to keep the leaves from staying green, and they would go red. Actually, in China, black tea is called red tea often. And uh, they tried the tea anyway, and thus black tea was born. 
that's kind of a pretty mundane story. They just kind of made it by accident. They were trying to dupe something else, and it didn't really work out. But lo and behold, now they had black tea, and that black tea happened to find some favor with foreigners. Another story, which is far more colorful, which may also be true, we don't really know, is a legend that suggests that in that same region in Wuyishan, there was a tea-growing village that processed some amazing leaves. And one day, they became the point of rest for a traveling unit of soldiers. And when those soldiers went into the village, they basically occupied all of the buildings to sleep in and kind of took over the village, not in an aggressive way, of course, but they sought rest and refuge in that village. And one of the things they did was they used the soft pile of green tea leaves that this village had collected as a place to lie down, as a bed. And story goes that after a couple of days, two, three, several days, we don't know exactly, of those soldiers lying on those beds of soft green tea leaves, the weight of their body, the pressure, the heat, the moisture, and all of the things that go along with that darkened up and oxidized those leaves. Well, so as not to waste them, it was decided to go ahead and fire them up and try to sell them, and people really took to it, and thus black tea was born. Ultimately, it looks as though black tea was formed as a result of some sort of accident or some sort of trial. It was not something somebody had ever intended because really in China, green tea is the tea of favor. But black tea ultimately did become the favorite of foreigners. It never took off in China, but foreigners really loved black tea. And that's where you see the explosive growth of black tea. It ultimately is the tea that is used and consumed all over the world. When we come back, there's a second half to this story as to how black tea was, quote-unquote, discovered somewhere else. And then, in our question of the week, don't forget, it's all about teas and fleas. It's a really far-out question. Stay with us here on Steeping Around. Tired of those groggy mornings, but coffee is wreaking havoc on your body? Good news. Tea isn't just an alternative to coffee, it's a solution all its own. Many tea varieties boast as much caffeine as coffee, with dramatically fewer side effects. Say goodbye to that dehydrating, stomach shaking, teeth grinding habit and say hello to Maya Tea. The Maya Tea Company blends the best quality tea leaves with subtle, tantalizing flavors like vanilla, apricot, raspberry, and many more. So whether you're in the mood for light and grassy or bold and toasty, Maya Tea has what you're looking for. <sighs> Plus, now you can save more than ever on your tea purchases. Just log on to www.mayatea.com, that's M-A-Y-A-T-E-A.com, and enter the word STEEP into the coupon code. We're back here at Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. In this particular case, all things about black tea's history. We covered how black tea was discovered in China. And truth be told, while the technique was discovered in China, there's more to this story than meets the eye. 
You recall all the t-types that we've discussed so far have involved Camellia sinensis. And if you go back through our shows, you know that there's another type of tea called Camellia asamica. It's a different type of bush. Black tea and Camellia asamica have a very important connection. Now, around 1610, when the first ships of tea were moving by the Dutch East India Company into Europe, all that tea was procured in Indonesia. It was Chinese tea, but it was from Indonesia. China was essentially cut off from the world. They did not open their harbors for free trade. Later, towards the end of the 17th century, 1685 or so, they opened up some harbors, and now Chinese tea could move in earnest in very large quantities out of China and into Europe, and thus the trade was born. Now, tea was awfully popular, but you have to pay for that tea, and they were trying to pay for it using silver, gold, metals. Well, that would have essentially depleted European countries of much of their currency and much of their holdings. And so this was a big-time problem. So the British, in an attempt to solidify their position, came up with kind of an interesting and maybe even a little nefarious idea. They decided, rather than trade silver and gold for tea, it might be better to trade something the Chinese wanted, opium, specifically opium that they could grow in India. You know, it wasn't safe to carry all that silver and gold on ships. It was prone to being pirated and all kinds of other things. Here now, you could have opium grown in India, brought over to China, take their tea from China, and bring it back to Europe. And the other thing, too, is that opium is awfully addictive. So it kind of ensured the fact that they would uh, have a product that was going to be in demand for a while. And so opium seemed like an ideal candidate for trade here. Ultimately, obviously, the Chinese emperors didn't want that. They didn't want opium spread throughout their land. And because of its addictive nature, they were pretty worried about it. And so they made every attempt to prevent this from happening. And Ultimately, war broke out. Well, the opium wars were fought in the uh, mid-1800s, but ultimately military might did prevail for the English, and they procured their right to sell their opium and receive payment in the form of tea. So that process did indeed get started. But in that revolving tension, the British became particularly sensitive to the fact that they were very dependent upon the Chinese, and they had been searching for a way to grow their own tea, and they had tried. They had taken seedlings and tea plants from China over to Darjeeling, high mountain regions, and tried to plant those Chinese seeds there but it didn't really work. Variations, problems, they couldn't get it right. Plus, they're not very versed in the techniques and the subtleties of making that tea. So it proved to be rather problematic. And every attempt that they made to try to grow their own tea somewhere else really just did not work at all. And in the attempt to figure out a way to grow their own tea, they happenstanced upon a bush, Camellia asamica. And it turns out, uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Robert Bruce, and I say this quote-unquote, discovered the fact that there is this camellia growing in the Assam region of India that is a close cousin of Camellia sinensis. And this 
plant was found growing wild, and they say wild, but the fact is is that many of the local uh, tribes people did actually brew tea from these leaves, and they had many of the same effects. Now, this Assamica bush was considered to be somewhat inferior, not as great as the tea that they were getting from China, or the leaves weren't as good as the tea that was grown in China. And that that still sort of holds true. A lot of people consider that the sinensis bush is far superior in many respects to the Assamica bush. They tried to do several things about getting the sinensis bush planted in Assam, but it ultimately never worked, and they had to settle on creating good tea using the Assamica bush. And thus, that region in Assam today is the largest tea-growing region in the world. From there, that tea has been planted all over the world. You'll find it in Africa. You'll find it in South America. But it really was the tension between trying to get all that tea out of China and trying to find another alternative place to grow tea, another source for tea, that led to its discovery in Assam and thus black tea, as we know it today, being enjoyed by so many around the world, is now grown around the world, but from that original bush found in India. When we come back, we are going to delve into a very kooky, that's the only word I can describe this, a kooky question about teas and fleas. So stay with us here on Steeping Around. Susan, what's happening? So, um, I'm going to need you to stay a little later today. Uh, We need to play a little catch-up. If you could do that for me, that would be great. Need a little something to help you push through your workday? Forget that created-in-a-chemistry-lab five-hour energy beverage. We've got something better. A delicious drink that will give you the jolt you need plus health benefits. This drink increases metabolism and attention span and decreases the risk of cancer, diabetes, and heart problems. Can you guess what it is? If you said tea, you're a genius. The Maya Tea Company offers a huge selection of decadent tea blends at an unbeatable price. So whether you're in the mood for something light or bold, hot or cold, Maya Tea has just what you need. And even better, you can get it right from your desk. Just log on to www.mayatea.com, that's M-A-Y-A-T-E-A.com, and save an extra 15% of your hard-earned paycheck by entering the word STEEP in the coupon code. You know, STEEP, as in steeping around. No problem getting through today. Welcome back to Steeping Around. I'm your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. This week, we have a very kooky question. And if you have some kooky questions, you should not hesitate to ask me. Send me any tea-related question you have, and I would love to answer them on the air. My email address, which is the best way to send me a question, is steep at mayatea.com. That's S-T-E-E-P at mayatea.com. Or 
You can always friend us on Facebook. We have two Facebook sites, one for Steeping Around and another for the Maya Tea Company. You can always post your comments and your questions there as well. We do read them. And finally, please visit our website at www.mayatea.com. This week's question was actually asked to me. It was a very random question at one of the farmer's markets. And they had asked me, is it true that black tea can help me keep away fleas from my dog? And I thought, I had never heard that question. I've been asked a lot of questions, truly. But I had never heard this question before. And I said, no, I don't think so, but I will check. And I had to share this with you because this is too funny. Now, I know enough to say that the caffeine in tea actually acts as a repellent. So insects do not like caffeine. It is a natural repellent for insects. And so there's not a lot of infestation that goes on to tea leaves specifically because caffeine keeps them off. So it was technically possible that, yes, tea could be used to prevent fleas, I suspected, but I, I don't know how it was used. So I did a little digging and it turns out that if you put a little bit of dried tea leaves, so the ones you've already used, but if you allow them to dry out after the fact, that scent and some of those residual elements, if you put in the bedding of your dog or your cat or on certain surfaces, it can actually help repel fleas. Now, I don't have any anecdotal evidence of this, I am allergic to cats, so obviously I don't have a cat. And it's been a long time since we've had any pets in the house, any dogs. And I don't recall them having fleas anyway, so I don't know if I would have ever used tea to help prevent that. I have not asked my vet of those years if this works. But according to what's out on the internet and a little research, yes, indeed, a little dried black tea leaves applied to some bedding and surfaces for your animals might help you prevent fleas. Go figure. If you do have a kooky question, like I said, send them over. You just never know what we'll tackle next as a question on this show. One thing I do know, what we are going to tackle next is going to be awesome. You should sit here and look back. We have talked about the four major types of tea. We've reviewed histories. We've reviewed health benefits. We've gone over all the subtleties. By now, you know a lot about tea. Really, it's really great. It's a great foundation for where we're headed. In the upcoming weeks, we're going to get into some very interesting varietals. We're going to talk about jasmine tea and different types of scented tea, lapsang souchong. We're going to delve into chai more deeply. And next week, we are going to jump into a type of tea that is so unusual, most of you have probably never heard of it, but it is an amazing category of tea, and we are going to bring it to the surface. We're going to talk about pu'er, and it's a type of tea that's fermented. It's wonderful, and I'm so looking forward to getting into some of the more unusual different types of tea and also shedding some light on some types of teas that maybe you are already familiar with. So it's only going to get more interesting in the upcoming weeks. Thank you for listening this week. Get your holidays off to a great start. Enjoy your frenzied shopping. And as always, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. It's always fun when you're steeping around. Talk to you next week. Thank you.